Welcome to the show. This is Chris to Chris Comedy Advice to Fix Your Life. I am your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by the one, the only, the former best friend in the whole wide world, current audio engineer, producer extraordinaire. Mr. Mike is in the building. Go ahead and say hi, Michael. Hi. Enthusiastic as always. Thank you, Mike. We also have our current best friend in the whole wide world standing in the corner on standby whenever we need him. And we do need Mr. Dell. Dell, let the folks at home know you are real. I am definitely a real person in the room. Thank you very much. You guys know me from this show at this point. At this point, it's a podcast. Anywhere podcasts are sold for free. It's called Chris to Chris. We're on iTunes. Or is iTunes still a thing? We're on Apple Music. Google Music, Spotify, Stitcher, etc., etc., etc. Upandloaded.com, that's our website where we host this podcast, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D.com. We're there, you could download it, you could stream it, etc., etc., etc. Really, those are the only two things you can do with it. Download, stream, whatever. Point is, I want you to listen to it, and I want you to force your friends to listen to it, your family to listen to it. Not at gunpoint, but if you had a gun with you, and you were listening to it with your friends, that's fine, as long as you're not pointing it at them. You know, if they knew that you had the gun, you're like, hey, I want to listen to Chris to Chris. Maybe you tap your pocket, or your or wherever you have the gun, your, your holster, say, hey, I want to listen to this podcast. I think that they'd be inclined to listen to it. I'm not suggesting you do that in any way, shape, or form. I definitely don't want, th- th- this cannot be used in a court of law, I am not suggesting that. Let's get on to the show, why not? I feel like that, that that's a good idea. Speaking of the show, we have a great show for y'all this week. We're going to talk about uh, Cyberpunk 2077's latest delay feature. We're going to talk about a surprise Nintendo Direct that happened on Wednesday. We're going to talk about Mall Santas. We're going to talk about some voicemail, some listener questions, a whole lot more. It's going to be a fun show. Which is surprising because I feel like I'm I I I might be in a bit of a foul mood right now and I can't pinpoint it I mean I know I have to work on Saturday I get one day off between you know I get Sunday November 1st off which is what is that called in Spanish you got dia de is that dia de los muertos is that the day after Thanksgiving is that coco day that that feels like it's sacrilegious even though I'm sure it's not in any religious doctrine it might be which might also be sacrilegious. Am I losing you guys already? We're only three minutes in. I feel like I'm losing you already. Maybe the reason I'm in a a bad mood is because I'm still not over the premature death of Quibi. We talked about that last week. And can you imagine? Can you imagine? (laughs) What if you're like, I'm sure there was like someone I was going to say some people, but there's like one guy, one guy or girl that was just like, yo, this Quibi is going to be the best. I've already paid for a full year, a full year, two years. I paid for two years of Quibi because I know they're going to raise the price on this issue. I want to get in on the ground floor. Do they get reimbursed or is uh, the HP lady, what's her name? She tried to run for uh, governor of California years ago. She did not win. Uh, I forgot her name. Does she just take your money and run? Does uh, Katzenberg, was it Jeffrey Katzenberg? Was he the other co-founder of Quibi? I don't know. Let, let me digress a little bit. We have a, a lot of show to get through. 
and talking about these people is not going to uh, be any easier to swallow. I think I'm over the death of Quibi officially as of now. Now. That's my zen moment. Mike. Mike, can you pay attention to the show for a second? By this time next week, there is a chance that we will know who is president of the United States in January 2021. There's so many people voting early and by mail that it could take several days to count all of the votes. We're used to getting all of the election results the night of the election. There's a very good chance that that does not happen this year. I don't think we've had a contested election since 2000, Bush versus Gore. And that was 20 years ago. 20 years ago. That's a score ago if you are Abraham Lincoln. So I think we are due for some anxiety. You know, 2020 has been relatively calm for, for a year. So if you're thinking about voting, don't say that the Chris to Chris podcast forgot to remind you because I'm officially reminding you. Actually, I still need to vote as of recording this podcast. I, I should have voted a long time ago, but I, I still need to do it. So I'm probably going to get on that tomorrow. Sometime, sometime by Halloween. In the meantime, uh, before I vote, let, let, let's move on. It's just the tip of the week. So sometimes I say, hey, this is going to be a quick tip of the week. And then I tell like a 20-minute story about sixth grade. Not this week. Not this week. My, my brain is literally too preoccupied with just trying to follow my own advice this week. As I've mentioned on the show before, I live in California, which means that every single year I have to pay a ridiculous amount of money for my car's registration. And every single year I push it off for weeks or months and I end up having to pay like $100 more than I should have. And I'm already paying at least like $200, more than that probably. So I'm usually paying like $300 for a, a vehicle's registration, an old car's registration. So this year, I finally had enough, right? Because of COVID, the DMV finally stopped pretending that paying for your tags online over the internet was impossible. They've, they've been just playing dumb the entire time. But COVID kind of forced their hand. They said, okay, you, you can uh, do this online now. So that's what I did. And my tags and registration came in the mail like, I want to say it wasn't that long ago, like two months ago. And the old tags have uh, finally expired, but I still don't have the new stickers on my car because I can't find them. I pushed that shit off so much that I no longer know where my tags are and driving my car is effectively illegal until I find them. And I may or may not have been uh, illegally driving my car around. Uh, for legal purposes, though, I definitely was not. So I have to find them by tomorrow because my plate says October 
and cops have quotas. They don't call them quotas officially, but cops have quotas. So this week's tip is to put your tags on your car right away. Don't be a dumbass like me. Actually, Mike, Del, you guys hear about that story? It was a few years ago. I remember this is real quick. Uh, wasn't planning on talking about this, but a few years ago, I saw a news story about this guy. He had a custom license plate. I want to say he was in New York, but I, I don't know that for sure. He had a custom license plate, and what he wrote on his plate was no tags. And so every time a cop car would scan him, they'd scan his plate, it would say no tags. And so this dude was getting so many court summons. I might have talked about this on the show, actually. He was getting tons of court summons year or like month after month after month. Uh, and he would just spend all of his time in court fighting, saying, hey, look, this is just my license plate. I am up to date on my tags. And people were like, hey, why don't you just change your license plate name? And he's like, well, it's not my fault. Somebody, I, I paid for this, so they're going to have to pay for me to change it back. So it was just, uh, what's the phrase? Uh, spiting, uh, cutting, cutting off your nose to spite your face, something like that. Anyway, that's all I wanted to mention about the whole no tag situation. Let's move on to a little thing we like to call Video Game Corner. So, little game called Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed for, I want to say, the third time just this year. The game was going to come out in April, I think, and... Then they delayed it to September. They're like, look, we need, we need more time. April was optimistic. Funny thing about that, though, is that Cyberpunk 2077, I remember. I remember the announcement trailer. It was a little teaser. And it was like one of the first, quote-unquote, next-gen games announced for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And it's still coming to those systems, but it's coming out at the very end of their life cycle. So it's going to come out in April. Got pushed to September. Then it got delayed to November, and on Tuesday, they delayed it again to December, December 10th. They said it was uh, 21 days after the planned release date, which is three weeks, three weeks later. Actually, uh, it's kind of weird, because they already said the game went gold, which means, if you're not aware, that means that the game was done. They had essentially finished developing the game. So I think it went fool's gold. Because you were a fool if you believed it went gold. Mike, can you play like a, a, a rim shot sound whenever I make a stupid joke like that? Maybe. I don't know. So the, the Cyberpunk Twitter account, <laughs> this is funny. They, they went out of their way earlier this month to say there would be no more delays. I think it was like October 6th. So what is it today? Uh, the 30th? So 20, 24 days ago, they're like, guess what? This is just done. Glad that's behind us. No more delays. It is coming out in November. And so on uh, Tuesday, they, they, <laughs> they tweeted out, we have, an, we have important news to share with you. And I think that's how they always announce these delays. Right under that, they have a yellow picture, a yellow card of a picture with words on it, the Cyberpunk logo. And whenever you see that yellow cyberpunk card in a tweet, it's bad news. That's, that's the way I've seen it so far. It's just always a delay. 
And, you know, they go on this long explanation about how, hey, we're, we're developing this thing for essentially a million consoles because we have to worry about the Xbox One, the Xbox Series S, the Xbox Series X, the PlayStation 4, the PlayStation 5, the PC, etc., etc., etc. So they're saying, we, we got we to gotta optimize this thing for so many different consoles. We need time. We need time. We need 21 days. So, while I think it's kind of funny that the game just keeps on torturing people, like, I, I, I do have some interest in the game. I would be down to play this game. I'm not one of those people that have just, like, grasped onto the hype for dear life, and there are a lot of those people. As soon as Keanu Reeves announced that he was in the game, so many people's attention suddenly uh, were drawn towards it. And I like the cyberpunk aesthetic. I like cyberpunk things in general. Blade Runner. Uh, uh, what, what is it called? I've played the freaking game. Uh, what is it called? L let's uh, spend about 20 minutes just uh, thinking about it. Deus Ex. I like Deus Ex. I like uh, Blade Runner. I like the cyberpunk aesthetic in general. But I'm not one of those people that just have to play this game day one. I'm completely fine with waiting until I have either a PlayStation 5 or a super powerful PC to play it. So I think it's kind of funny that the game keeps on torturing people, but I actually kind of feel bad for the developers. I read earlier that some of them are working like 100-hour work weeks just to get this thing out. And apparently now they're getting death threats as well, which is probably the dumbest thing I've heard all week. Are you one of those people that are just sitting there threatening the life of somebody? Because... The game they are making that you are interested in isn't coming out until a few weeks later. No, the, the <sighs> one thing I get not 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 like death threat. Understand because again, you're a ridiculous person if you are threatening threatening someone's death over a video game's release date. But I I, I understand uh, irritation because a lot of people took off from work on the November release date they had planned. And I actually, there was a tweet about that too. Somebody asked, said, hey, if I, I want to make sure before I do it, can I take off from work this day without worrying about a delay? Cyberpunk Twitter said, yep, boy, you're gravy. You're good. Do it. Take your day off from work. So uh, I get that. I get the frustration. But again, I don't get it to the, to the extent of threatening someone's life. Oh, and apparently, you know, another video game news, moving on from that uh, conflicting sadness, uh, Nintendo shadow dropped another Nintendo Direct on Wednesday. Right after Cyberpunk news came out, Nintendo felt so bad. They're like, oh, okay, we understand. Look, they're not even releasing Cyberpunk to the Switch, but we, we got we to gotta make things better. We got to make things right. And so they announced a whole bunch of new games for the Nintendo Switch. They said this is the last mini partner direct for the Switch for the year. I don't know if that means they're not going to do any more Nintendo directs. I would think they probably aren't for the year, but we'll see. Anyway, they, they announced some things. They, they showed off the uh, Bravely Default 2, which is, you know, that's, that's a absolute... Uh, I don't know if you'd call that weeb territory. It's not like super anime, but it's also very just JRPG-ish. And it's, you know, it's right up a lot of people's alleys, as long as your name isn't uh, Chris to Chris or Mr. Uploaded. 
They uh, what else did they show off? They showed off uh, Olive Town. I, I got a list here. Uh, they they showed off a, a post apocalypse game, which looked kind of interesting. Oh, this was uh, one of the bigger things they talked about: the uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising. That is a, a Breath of the Wild ripoff from Ubisoft, and I believe that's how they bill it. I think they when they first announced it, they said announcing Immortals: Phoenix Rising, a Breath of the Wild ripoff from Ubisoft, and that's coming to the Switch. It's coming to all consoles. So uh, good for Nintendo to really uh, ramp up that third-party support. This is a night and day difference between Nintendo on the Switch and Nintendo on the Wii U. If you aren't paying attention, a lot of people didn't even know the Wii U was an actual console. So the fact that uh, Nintendo has so much attention on the Switch, so many uh, just bright, glaring spotlights on the Switch, people know what the Switch is, which is way different. People did not know the Wii U was separate from the Wii. So the Wii U got like practically, after like a year, year and a half in to the Wii U's life cycle, third-party support had practically just completely dropped off the map. And the Switch gets anything possible to port to it. Even things you wouldn't think were possible like Doom or Wolfenstein, those games get ported to the Switch. So uh, good for Nintendo. They also showed up. This was the big news. The biggest news for me was they announced that Hitman 3 and Control were coming to the Switch. And Control was actually a shadow drop. That, that dropped on the day. On Wednesday, that game came out. But, you know, you might be thinking, wait a minute. Hitman 3 and Control coming to the Switch. Those games probably shouldn't be able to run on the Switch. And you're right. They don't. They can't run on the Switch. So these are, are cloud versions. And you might remember, if you are way too into this nonsense like I am, the Switch in Japan got cloud versions of Resident Evil 7 and Assassin's Creed Odyssey a couple years ago. It was like a test. And by cloud version, I mean you are streaming the game, kind of like Google Stadia or Amazon. What is Amazon's service called? Amazon Purple Nonsense? Something like that. That sort of thing. Or PlayStation Now. A streaming service. And Nintendo doesn't have like an official service, but they kind of do it on a game-by-game -game basis, or they've been testing it. And so Japan got it, you know, great, good for them. And now, for the first time, the Western countries, the United States and Europe, get to... Uh, to dip their toe in that water as well. So I haven't tried it, but I, I do know a guy who tried out Control in the UK, and he said, this is running perfectly. This is beautiful. It looks better than the PlayStation 4 version. It's running at 60 frames per second. It's awesome. So, I don't know. Um, the Switch isn't exactly known for having a great Wi-Fi uh, hardware inside of it. So you know, it might be worthwhile to play these games using a hardwired Ethernet adapter. But let me digress for a little bit. Point is, Hitman 3 is coming, and Control Ultimate Edition is already on the Switch. You just have to stream them. And I'm not big on the whole streaming thing, but uh, it is interesting to see that there are companies trying to work around and test this. So we'll see. What else did they announce? They said, uh, let's see here. Oh, no more heroes. Guys, guys. So in college, when I was in college, 
these two games came out called No More Heroes and No More Heroes 2 Desperate Struggle. They came out on the Wii. And the main character in these games, I think, it, what is he called? He's called like an otaku, something like that. Something, it's like a, a guy who's just way too into Japanese culture, something like that. I don't think that's a weeb necessarily. Just very into Japanese culture. It's directed by Suda51. He did uh, Killer7. Interesting, weird guy. But I remember I owned No More Heroes 1 and 2. And they were a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun. They announced that on Wednesday, both of the games were available on the Switch. Awesome. Awesome. And then they had a whole trailer for No More Heroes 3, which is coming to the Switch. I don't think they gave a release date for that. It's just coming out in 2021. So now, I need to replay No More Heroes 1 and 2, right? That's what I need to do, right? So, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, what else did they talk about? Uh, Part-Time UFO. I guess that was a mobile game developed by HAL Laboratories, one of the original developers of Smash Brothers. That's coming to the Switch now. And then they also showed off. This was cool. They, they did uh, another re-reveal of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, which is a Breath of the Wild prequel. Zelda. That's what we're talking about. If you're not... If you're not following the video game industry, we're talking about Zelda here. Breath of the Wild, you might have heard of it. The biggest video game of 2017, possibly ever. It's getting a prequel. It's my, it's like one of those uh, Battle Musu games, which I've just never been in interested in t until now. You can play as the uh, giant, what are they called? Temples? That's my problem. Like I, I'm, I'm into this like culture to to know enough. Like I, I I could picture it in my mind, but I can't tell you all the nerdy freaking terms for all this. I'm trying I'm trying hard not to curse this week. I, I I'm subconsciously doing that, and I realized it. I don't know if I've cursed at all this entire episode. I think I'm gonna try to to keep to that. Maybe I can go another episode without having an explicit tag on it. We'll see. We'll see. I might totally drop the ball. But we'll see. Anyway, that was pretty much the Nintendo Direct. They had a few little other announcements here and there, but those were the highlights. But, oh, uh, before we move on, apparently they wrapped up filming on the Uncharted movie, Uncharted Jr., starring Thomas Holland from Europe. They, I think they started filming that in July? In July, October, no, or July, August, September, October... So it's like, what, I guess four months, three and a half months, roughly. I don't know. Fairly fairly quick filming time for a big movie like that, I think. But I also think that Sony is just trying to get this thing out of their way at this point. And because of COVID, I don't expect any of the kissing or sex scenes that the Uncharted franchise is known for. Sorry, Tom. But then you also have uh, Marcus Wahlberg's playing Sully for some reason and we saw we saw I'm talking like you were watching it with me but he posted something on Instagram with him in the Sully makeup and mustache I don't even know if it was a real mustache or not to me it looked kind of phony but it could be real anyway I, I digress apparently they they finished filming it and this is a movie I just thought would not get made but Sony's determined 
They're like, no, it's happening. It's happening. It's happened. So I think they, if they finish filming it now, I think they can definitely make their planned, what was it, like late spring release date? And before, you know, they planned like December of this year, and that obviously wasn't happening. Before that, they planned just like last year and the year before. Anyway, it's finally happening. It's finally happening. They finally finished filming it. We'll see if it's actually good. I personally have absolutely zero faith that it will be good. However, you know, they posted some professional-looking pictures, and Tom Holland seems to be excited about it. So we will, we will, we'll just see. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Looks like we have a voicemail from our good friend, Mr. Colos Dolos. Uh, Mike, go ahead and play that. Hello, Christopher. This is I, Colos Dolos. Hey. And I, I, I've been doing some thinking. I, I know you had this wonderful manager named Karen who mm -hmm. would obviously talk to herself. And But I, after thinking greatly about this, at first I thought I wanted a woman who was like that. But, but I think no. that perhaps Karen, she would have too much baggage, and all mm -hmm. Karens would. As I listen to more of your podcast, Karen has a, it's a negative stigma in your country, and I don't need negativity in, in my life. But then, but then I kept listening, and you, you mentioned a name. It was like, like heaven sent me. You said Jesse Spano. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, oh, Jesse from Saved by the Bell. She's no longer addicted mm -hmm. to the, uh, caffeine pills. She's probably all cleaned up and, and she's probably no longer a stripper either. Um, but her real name is Elizabeth Berkeley. And I was like, oh, she probably hasn't had work in like ever. No, so she, she probably hasn't. needs someone like me to come in and pick her up and take care of her. So I, I figured that since your podcast is reaching 8 billion people, mm -hmm. that perhaps Elizabeth Berkeley, if you're out there, you are listening to my good friend Chris and, and I know you need love. And probably financial help. And mm -hmm. I, Colos Dolos, could help you greatly. Elizabeth Dolos. It's like Elizabeth Dole, but Dolos. Mm -hmm. So it already Two flows dolls. nicely. Yeah. So, please, Chris, if you can help me find Elizabeth and bring us together. And mm -hmm. perhaps I could be a part of the reboot of Saved by the Bell and, and help her out with what other... Uh, very non-life-threatening drug she takes and becomes <laughs> addicted to after the caffeine, perhaps sugar pills, or uh, she got addicted to Twix. I don't know, but uh, I could help out. So if you could find her, I would be greatly pleased. And my soul, I don't want to fish with you anymore. You never show up. <laughs> he called your ass out, Mike, you punk ass. Oh, that, that's not a swear. Punk ass isn't a swear. I'm not, I'm not tagging that explicitly for that. Ass is a donkey. It's biblical. Look it up. So uh, thank you for the voicemail, Mr. Kolos. Thank you very much. That was uh, wonderful. I, I'm not sure if Elizabeth Berkeley is a fan of this show or not yet. But uh, you did mention it briefly in your voicemail, so I want to I wanna talk about it. She is in the new Saved by the Bell reboot. And because of that, I think that that should help us find Elizabeth for you, Mr. Colos Dolos. You know, if all else fails, we could just hang out on the set of Saved by the Bell, where they shoot it, you know, a few hours, a few hours. I've been on sets. I've been on many sets. 
and I know that they are slow, like molasses slow. So I think a lot of times these actors and actresses are just kind of sleeping in their trailer for hours upon hours until they're finally called upon. But uh, if you are still into her by the time she's on set, I think she'll probably find it romantic just how much trouble we went to for you and her to find love. But uh, I don't think we can start at the easiest place. Uh Uh-uh. I think it would be much more romantic if we if we bumped into Elizabeth Berkeley at the bar or even better at an appointment with her doctor not necessarily her gynecologist but you know if that's our only option or maybe even better if we surprised her in the back seat of her car like hey Elizabeth you know she just turns on the car hey love we'll just shout love at her so we could find her in a car, we could find her at uh, Save by the Bell filming, or the bar, or the doctor, whatever. But one place I don't think we're going to find her is at any acting classes. I think that would be a waste of our time. Is that a low blow, Mike, Del? Looking at you guys. Is that a low blow? I'm just playing with you, Elizabeth. I, the, the Save by the Bell trailer, to me, it looked, it looked okay. To be honest, it looked okay. It looked okay. Actually, really, I think it looks better than the original show, right? I I want them to bring back Lark Voorhees. She played Lisa Turtle. I want them to bring back Belding. I don't think Screech can come back. I definitely don't think he's welcome. I don't think he's welcome. He had somebody ghostwrite a book for him years ago where he insinuated that everybody was sleeping with each other and... They're like, no, none of this is true. And he kind of felt bad about it. He apologized in so many words. Allegedly. I don't know. You know, uh, legally I have to cover my ass or my, my donkey because I'm a, I'm a big shot podcaster. I don't want to say anything crazy. So, yeah, I want them to at least bring back uh, Lark Voorhees and Belding. They, uh, Belding was back on the Jimmy Fallon Saved by the Bell special which is a a fun look if you are looking looking to waste uh, like five minutes look it up on youtube anyway uh thank you for the voicemail mr colos dolos uh you gave me a lot to think about hey del why don't you go ahead and let the folks at home know that know how they can uh, leave us a voicemail on this show leave us a message call 909-486-3673 and talk to us with your mouth Thank you, Dell. Hey, why don't we do a little thing we like to call the news? Okay. Okay, we have a news story for you. And I think it's a doozy, to be real. But I also have it planned out uh, much more haphazardly than I normally do with news. So it might be a little bit all over the map. But it's so fun that I just want to talk about it and just kind of play it by ear. I don't know if you guys heard this story. I think it broke this week from the Wall Street Journal. And that's a big deal that I'm telling you a Wall Street Journal story because normally when I go to their website, they're like, hey, pay us. Pay us money. And this is the end of the month. 
this is the end of the month. So I probably already exceeded my Wall Street Journal free articles for the month, which is like, what, two or three? Anyway, anyway, I'm, I'm going to read something to you from the, this is from the top of the article. A federal health agency halted a public service coronavirus advertising campaign funded by $250 million in taxpayer money after it offered a special vaccine to an unusual set of essential workers, Santa Claus performers. I'm going to give you the quick summary of this. The Trump administration, the White House, the Trump White House, had this plan to promote a coronavirus vaccine through mall Santas, pretty much. You know, you go to the mall, you see Santa Claus, you take your kid there, you wait in line, you spend an exorbitant amount of money on a picture, an autograph, I don't know what you're getting, and you let your kid sit on Santa's lap, tell him what... Uh, you want for what the kid wants for Christmas? Santa says, "You got it, little dude, little dudette," and that's it, right? You talk to Santa, you got to meet Santa Claus. I don't know if I ever got to meet Santa Claus like that. I think I just saw it in movies, like uh, the a Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out. Anyway, uh, so the idea here was that. They would get mall Santas to promote the coronavirus vaccine, getting it, you know. They want a whole bunch of people all around the country to, to get the vaccine. And in exchange for being a mall Santa that promotes this coronavirus vaccine, they would get the vaccine early themselves. So if you were Santa at the mall, you would get the hookup. You'd get that early vaccine. And then you could tell the kids to be like, hey, 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 hey. Or, oh, 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 guess what? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Santa to Santa. You should get vaccinated. Get your mom and dad to get vaccinated. Get your brother, your sister, your dog to get vaccinated. It doesn't sound very Santa-like, but you get the idea. Santa was going to be really just pimping out this vaccine. But, you know, you know how these things go. So the article says, the Santa collaboration will not be happening, according to uh, whoever they quoted here. I don't know. It was, I think it was a Department of the uh, Health and Human Services. So uh, they said that this was our greatest hope for Christmas 2020. And now it looks like it won't happen. The decision comes as the COVID-19 spread continues to accelerate in most states. And the vaccines are unlikely to be broadly available to the public before the holiday season. Makes sense. Makes sense that they would cancel this, right? You're going to have Santa Claus just like... Taking your kid on, be like, you should get vaccinated like me. What, do you want to die for Christmas? No, you should get vaccinated like me. Also, you can't get vaccinated like me. You're going to have to wait until next year at the earliest. 
I mean, that's right. That that's accurate. They're gonna they're gonna give this vaccine. Who's gonna get the vaccine first? Let's be real. It's gonna be healthcare workers. They're gonna get it first, as they probably should. And rich people, well connected people, they're gonna get it. Healthcare workers and rich people. After that, you know they're gonna go down the line. It's gonna be based off of my my immediate impression is gonna it's just gonna be based off of what you got. What's your plan? I don't think it's going to be as simple and cut and dry as just wealth. Although that's going to play a part. Like I said, rich people are going to get it first. The well-connected are going to get it first, as they do. But after that, it's just going to be like, hey, what kind of plan you got? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see if I'm, I'm full of it. But not even the Trump administration privately, or whoever I'm, I'm quoting in the Wall Street Journal privately, the Health and Human Services people seem to think that it's going to be available to you and me anytime soon. So let's see. Uh, so they said the, the public relations blitz began to fizzle out after some celebrities, including actor Dennis Quaid, shied away from participating, a former White House official said, amid concerns that the campaign would be viewed as political rather than aiding public health. Apparently Dennis Quaid was real pissed off that they were starting to use him in some kind of a... Uh, uh, PSA. He's like, yo, I, I am not endorsing Trump as president. I'm pissed off that they are making it look that way. So, you know, the whole thing was going really well. It's going really well. They had all these Santa Clauses to promote a vaccine that most people could not get. And actors that wanted no kind of association with the politics of, of it all. They said, uh, Mr. Caputo, I should have introduced who Mr. Caputo is. I, he, he's somebody, he's somebody important to this article. Not a very good news segment if I'm uh, introducing him this way. But Mr. Caputo said he wanted Santa's to appear to roll out events in as many as 35 cities. In exchange, he said the Santa's would get an early crack at inoculation. We kind of already established that. Yeah, that, that's the gist of the story. That's the gist of the story. Hey, Santa, mall Santa, you want to get that vaccine? And here's the thing, to be real, let's be honest with ourselves. If you're that mall Santa, wouldn't you want that vaccine? For one thing, okay, like if you're a mall Santa, you are in your 60s minimum, right? You're in your 60s, 70s, maybe 80s, maybe beyond, I don't know. But we'll say your 60s minimum. You're already a prime target for a COVID, a bad case of COVID, maybe death. And you're going to have a bunch of kids sit on your lap. And, you know, depending on your state or how smart the people in your state are, you might probably get a lot less kids on your lap in general this year. But, you know, some states are just full-on dumb. They don't give a shoot. They don't give a shoot this year. You know, there there are some states that are just like blatantly anti-mask. You are in California, it's not this way. But I know for a fact that there are some states where if you are seen wearing a mask, you are the odd one out. You are the odd one out. So would you want to be a Santa Claus this year? Would you want to be a mall Santa? Just having dozens and dozens or hundreds of kids, maybe thousands of kids, I don't know how much a Santa averages in a year. 
just having tons of kids sit on your lap and those kids are possibly going to give you the virus or you might like if you get the virus from one of those kids you might be giving it to a bunch of kids after that just sounds like a disaster a disaster but also you know like i said the whole point was of mentioning that they're in their 60s 70s 80s is that this is a part-time gig for a lot of them. It's like, this is the only time they work. Like, yeah, yeah, this is, my, uh, this is my thing I do every holiday season. So, I don't know. I don't know. This, what, my, the whole point of this story was that this was something that was being planned, and it's no longer happening. So, uh, let's have a moment of silence for the, uh, the Santa bribery that never was moment passed. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our news. Oh, uh, by the way, I don't know if we already talked about it on this show, but the Animaniacs are coming back with a new show on Hulu. They've had some, like, teaser trailers already, but they just dropped a official actual trailer on Hulu, and when I watched it on the Hulu app, it was rated TV-14. And I'm not sure if that was a mistake, but I hope it wasn't. I hope it wasn't because I'm I'm old now, right? I I'm 14 now. I feel like I feel like they should be catering to me. Oh, uh but apparently this is the real the real news here. Apparently Tiny Toons is coming back as well. Two seasons were just ordered for Cartoon Network and HBO Maximum. And they released a little image with uh, Babs and Buster Bunny. And Buster looks like he's wearing some kind of... Uh, he It looks kind of like the, the jacket he wore in the original show, but also kind of Beatles-esque. I don't know. Uh, they, they wrote, uh, The new series, Tiny Toons Luniversity, centers on Babs, Buster Bunny, and the rest of the gang as they follow their comedic ambitions all the way to Acme Luniversity, the esteemed institution of higher hijinks learning, where young dreamers become professional tunes. Reading all of that copy just made me feel like a shill. Sounds to me, just to boil that down, the Tiny Toons are going to college. Tiny Toons the College Years. Since we're talking Saved by the Bell, Tiny Toons the College Years. So I, I'm uh, hesitantly excited about this news because Tiny Toons had some great stuff back in the day. Maybe this will be rated TV14. TVMA, why not? TVMA Tiny Toons. <laughs> well, it's coming to Cartoon Network as well, so that's unlikely. But here's my beef. I, I might have talked about this on the show. I don't know, but... Looney Tunes is back, officially, through HBO. HBO is paying for new Looney Tunes, something like that. And we live in a stupid world now. We live in a stupid world now. If you watch old Looney Tunes, it's no problem. You could see Elmer Fudd with a gun, a shotgun. He'll shoot it right at Bugs Bunny's face, right at Daffy Duck's face. No problemo. But now, like, I, I haven't seen the episode yet, but apparently he has, like, a scythe. Like, they took away Elmer Fudd's gun. I did watch, I've watched a little bit of the new Looney Tunes. And I saw, like, I think in, like, the first or second episode, they've got uh, Yosemite Sam. And you know Yosemite Sam, he's got the, the big red mustache, he's got the two six-shooters, except in the new 
new Looney Tunes, he doesn't have any six shooters because you can't give give uh, characters guns anymore. It's worse now than it was when I was a kid. When I was a kid, you'd have cartoon shows and guns were there. Guns were present. But they were pretty much always laser guns. That was that was the way they got around the 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 violence aspect. They were laser guns. Except I think here's what I remember. Gargoyles. Gargoyles. First season of Gargoyles. First episode, I'll say that. First like the pilot episode 1 and 2. I remember the characters using real guns with real bullets. And then after that, I remember them trans transitioning to laser guns. Same thing with the the okay, so Batman the animated series was one of the darkest uh kids animated shows of all time, right? At least at the time. And they were notorious for just still always saving people. Like if somebody fell out of a building, they might bounce off of a a, a giant balloon into like a ball of plastic ball or a pit of plastic balls. I don't know. Point is they would just be saved by some kind of crazy coincidence. But when they would make a movie, a Batman the Animated Series based movie, people would die. They'd, they'd crank up that rating to PG-13 or, or R in some cases. And people would die. There would be blood. I have no idea what got me on this topic. We were talking about Tiny Toons or, or something. Point is, Tiny Toons is coming back. I hope it's good. Hey, Adele, uh, what time is it? Chris to Chris presents Listen Question Time. Thank you, Mr. Dell. Uh, just to be clear right from the start, all of our questions are coming from Ken this week because Ken has some amazing questions. So we're going we're gonna to do a Ken Blitz. First question from uh, Mr. Ken comes from Ken. He says, I asked you about this and thought you might have something bigger than you want to play with it. This was the question my phone wanted me to ask. Thank you for the question, Ken. I I, <laughs> I really appreciate the question because I'm kind of paranoid about AI inevitably just destroying humanity. But this question gives me hope that we might have a little bit more time than I originally thought. If that's the best your your phone could give us at this moment. I think we have some time. Next question. How often do you use predictive text to answer a person who texts you? Well, it depends. In my, my texting app, it gives me a full suggestion for a reply. Like, you know, I'll hit that middle reply option. I got three text options. I'll hit that middle one. That's great. But if it gives me the actual, like, full response, like it was a, hey, I'll be there in 20 minutes, or, hey, thanks, or, I love it. No, I, I don't ever use that full reply option. Because sometimes it's, for one thing, just too liberal with the emojis. Like, if you were ever to get the heart eyes emoji text from me, just assume that like a, a liquid metal terminator has killed me because i have never used that emoji once before in my life never so if you get that from me i am dead i am no longer alive 
But my app, for some reason, seems to think that, hey, maybe you want to use this emoji. I don't. I don't. But there's no way, uh, effective way for me to communicate that to my app. But the real reason I don't use the suggested response is because, yo, what the hell? I mean, uh, what the, what the ass? See, I know that my privacy is being just straight up obliterated with this phone in my pocket. But maybe, just maybe, these apps could pretend like they're not reading my texts. That would be nice. That would be nice. Sometimes I will tap the, the word prediction in the keyboard like I mentioned earlier. Because I'm not a maniac that loves Carpal Tunnel. You know, if you've sent me a text that you've sent me a million times... I'm not going to rewrite out the response that I've sent a million times either. So thank you for the question. Next question. Isn't it time for a Kangaroo Jack sequel? I actually saw Kangaroo Jack in a hotel room, and I was shocked at how much they got away with for a PG rating in the year it came out. Because a PG rating, honestly, for real, PG rating used to go really far. Like... Horror movies were rated PG. Uh, you used to be able to show tits on a PG movie. It was a whole thing. From what I remember, you know, uh, because like I said, in the 80s, the PG rating went a lot further. When PG-13 came around, a whole bunch of things changed. We can go on that soapbox for hours. And we probably will over the course of this show. But from what I remember, Jerry, Bruckheim, Jerry uh, Bruckheimer, he was the producer of Kangaroo Jack. He had to pull a lot of strings to get the PG rating on this movie. And he worked his ass off. He, he worked his donkey off to have the movie rebranded as a family film. From what I remember, it wasn't originally named Kangaroo Jack. It had a completely different name. And it was not trying to be a family film. But the test screenings were not going well. And... You know, I wish I could remember this more clearly. But point is, you know, gist of it is, is that they decided, look, we got to save this film somehow. It needs to be geared towards kids. The the kids like the kangaroo, the talking kangaroo, in that one scene where the kangaroo talks. We need to pretend like that's the whole movie. A hip, huh? A hip, hip, hop and a hip, hip, hop and a dope stop. The rocket did a bang, bang, book it up, stop the book it from the big, from the rhythm of the boogie to beat. But imagine that in an Australian accent. So anyway, to answer your question, yes, a Kangaroo Jack sequel already exists. It's called Kangaroo Jack. Good day, USA. And to give you a twist, it is completely animated. It's a cartoon movie. I looked up some clips of this movie, and I donkey you not. At one point, Kangaroo Jack sings the entire Mama Said Knock You Out song. You know Mama Said Knock You Out from LL Cool J. I'm gonna knock you out. Mama Said Knock You Out. I'm gonna knock... You get it. You get it. You know what I'm talking about. It's in black and white. It's pretty good. Pretty good for the time, at least. I dug it, but uh, we have a kangaroo singing the entire thing in his Australian accent, and he's a cartoon. 
So I, I do think it's time to complete the uh, Kangaroo Jack trilogy saga. This time, I think they should make it a prequel. Kangaroo Jack Origins or Kangaroo Jack Begins. And I uh, thank you very much for the suggestion. Even though we already have the sequel, let's go for a prequel. Uh, let's see here. Next question. I had my mom follow your podcast on Spotify. She is now your biggest fan, even though she has no idea what a podcast is. Can you have Dell say hi to her? First of all, first of all, thank you for getting your mom to follow our podcast. It is the only way we're ever going to get 8 billion actual listeners. So uh, we need that uh, kind of initiative and go get them attitude from our fans. So thank you very much for that, Ken. Uh, Del, go ahead and uh, say hi to Ken's mom. Hi, Chris. Well, I hope your mom's name is Chris because Del does not do more than one take. Thank you very much for that question, Ken. Next question. Uh, what is your favorite experience with a homeless person? <laughs> well, I live in Southern California, so I've had a lot of experiences with uh, homeless people. The last major one was like a year or two ago where the guy asked me to call an ambulance for him because he was going through drug withdrawals. But that was not my favorite experience. Uh, I was glad to help him, but it wasn't like a situation you're actually feeling all happy and warm about. Just hoping that the dude stays alive. So I think my favorite homeless person experience was in, I want to say 2013 when I was filming my Gecko Bomb video for YouTube. I was walking and screaming all around in the public places. Actually, we got kicked out of uh, the Victoria Gardens Mall by the security guard. Like that guy, he didn't, he didn't understand art. Well, anyway, we were all around the Inland Empire filming that thing. And in Victorville, we ran into some homeless people that were just really happy to be in the video. And they, they would just, in the, in the actual video, they just smile away for like a second. But it was pretty cool and fun to talk to them. So that's my, the favorite experience I remember. You know, they weren't asking for money or uh, whatever. Like they were, they were just happy to be there and talk to you. And that, that, that was nice. So I, that was my favorite experience. And not to, just to be clear, not to talk down about a, hom a homeless person asking you for money. Like that, in a lot of cases, you know, your your mileage may vary. In a lot of cases, it's not always the most uh, honest situation. But often it's just somebody that is willing to sacrifice their pride to ask you for money. Like, I've had people give me their whole spe speech. Like, you can on often just tell, like, where somebody is at when they are succumbing to asking you for a stranger, you a stranger for money. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that. But I think we should wrap the show up with some poll results. Last week, we asked on our Twitter, at Uploaded, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D, we said, what is the best chicken wing flavor? It was a three-way tie between buffalo, barbecue, and pumpkin spice. This week, we have a poll as well. And again, this week, I have no idea what that poll question is. So follow us on our Facebook, on our Twitter, on our Instagram cracker, at Uploaded, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D. -E follow us on all those places to find out where it is. And vote. Vote like your government depended on it. 
By the way, I guess, again, I could say that, you know, I, I'm trying to sound like a PSA this week. Vote. It's uh, going to be November 3rd on Tuesday, which means if you haven't already, you can vote. Don't just vote for president, by the way. I get it. I get it. Our options blow. Our options blow. But there's a lot more than president on the ballot. You got senators. You got congressmen and women. You got local officials, local propositions to vote for. Do it. Some of it is uh like you have to like you have to start from the grassroots and i can keep going and going like a blowhard but i've got a lot to do i've got to be at work in the morning i've got to be at work on saturday on halloween on my son's first halloween i have to work do these people have no no consideration i don't know where i'm going with this uh point is you know don't forget to follow us on social media don't forget to tell your friends about the show force your friends to listen to it that sort of thing uh, guys, this has been episode 104 of Chris to Chris. Do me a favor and enjoy your weekend or else.